Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Riff and Reed. Check this out. This is the Riff and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Walking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riff and Reed. Let's get right down to it. Because what we have just experienced, ladies and gentlemen, is a series of pivot and shifts. What we used to call the old flip-flops on behalf of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who thinks we're all stupid and we can't remember anything from five minutes ago, never mind five days ago, never mind five months ago. And what it is over... Limigra, Immigration and Naturalization Service. And the reason I bring all of this up is because now all of a sudden, Eric Adams, who had the ear of the president, remember Joe Biden. In fact, he said, look, I, I love Joe. He's my friend. I'm the Biden of Brooklyn, who was campaigning with Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb every step of the way, has sat in summits, is now saying that neither of them are going to give him a nickel and dime and penny for all the illegal aliens that he has invited into our city. 30,000 and soon to grow even more. But uh, unlike just playing the cuts that the rest of the shows here at WABC and everyone else does, like the mayor today, no, 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 no. I don't forgive and I don't forget. And I'm going to tell you who are all the fiends in this uh, plan that is meant to just increase the roles of Democratic voters at taxpayers' expense and, most importantly, blow out all the social services so the real Americans, those born and raised here, who deserve benefits, like veterans and veterans' families. Thank God Vito Fasella brought that to everybody's attention the other day on the roundtable discussion here with John Katzmatidis at 5. But, Lou, let's uh, get in our Rod Serling time machine. And go back, because this is like the Twilight Zone. Remember when those first buses, when the illegal aliens were pounding the hound, and they were coming in from Eagle Pass, Texas, where Governor Abbott was presiding? And what we were later find out was the very dear friend of Eric Adams, the Democratic mayor of El Paso, as they poured in from Juarez. Remember, it was like four buses a day. Who was the first person to meet and greet them? In the Port Authority, but Santa Claus with our money, Cardinal Dolan. These just aren't cases. These just aren't. Uh, these just aren't problems. <clears throat> these just aren't statistics. These are not just refugees and asylum seekers in the plural. These are people with names, and with dads and moms. They've had a terrible journey. But yet they're filled. There's, I don't see any animosity or any. They're filled with gratitude. They said people have helped us on the way. The church has been there. No, you're filled with gratitude because finally you have somebody in the pews of the Catholic churches. Lou, you go on Sunday for the English-speaking mass. You can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through the pews. Other than a few widows dressed all in black, there's nobody there. And then you have the Spanish-speaking mass, and they're packed to the rafters. And then they put the wicker baskets back and forth, 
And the Cardinals say, oh, they're giving pesos. I, I know, but hey, let's get them cultivated. First is the collection for the Cardinal, then the bishop, then there's the school fund, then there's the parish fund. Come on, let's inculcate them into the archdiocese Catholic way. And by the way, you know who's paying for all the transportation? Catholic charities. But it's not with their money. No, 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 no. It's with federal tax dollars. I mean, it's a racket. It's a business. And they've been doing it ever since. So that's number one. I'll never forget. Day one, Cardinal Dolan was there, and he was taking pictures with two guys. They had tattoos on their necks, MS-13. And he was welcoming them, the, these bad hombres, into, uh, into our great city, right? And then, not to be outdone by Cardinal Dolan, Santa Claus with our money through Catholic Charities, there was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, showing up with, in his $5,000 customized suit. Let's have immediate... Translation services to assist that people can have access to the services that are already available. We have to expand uh, NYC care to make sure everyone has health care. We need to make sure we have proper translation services in our schools so that we can start building out the future as well. We are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation to house everyone that enters uh, New York City. Uh, that is what we have done, and that is what we will continue to do. That was then. Remember, he couldn't. He was like, I'm your Papa Chulo. Who's your daddy? Come on off the bus. I got my deputy mayors here. We're going to carry you up to, uh, we're going to take you to Lincoln Hospital. We're going to give you swag bags. They're putting them up in 60 no-tell motels, Holiday Inn Expresses, at our expense. We're paying this dime. And who is most grateful? But the Democratic mayor of El Paso had an arrangement with his very dear friend, Eric Adams. Eric Adams actually took these illegals in from El Paso, even though he couldn't cite any community in all of New York City, as diverse as we are, that has a lot of Venezuelans. And we're very thankful to um, Mayor Adams from New York that really stepped up to, to help us and you know, he did tell me when I when I spoke with him that there's not a community there within New York from Venezuela, but uh, he will welcome him into his community and then work with them to get them to a community where there is their peers so they can continue to be there, and that's really important to them. No, 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 no. They're still here. They haven't gone anywhere. They're in the hotels, 30,000 and growing. And then what? Greg Abbott standing there, well, actually sitting, he's in a wheelchair as the governor of Texas, right there at Eagle Pass, where so many of the illegals come running through, challenged our mayor, challenged our mayor, come on down to the border. You like to go to Puerto Rico. You like to go to the Dominican Republic. You like to go to Qatar. Come on down to the border and see the Michigash for yourself. And they're a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, they're fine with illegal immigration flooding across our borders and the crisis caused by the Biden administration as long as it stays down in Texas. Yeah, remember, remember what Eric Adams said. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm calling up all my friends in Houston. I'm telling them not to vote for Abbott. Hey, did you see the results of your phone calls hitting the phone banks, Eric? Uh, O'Rourke, your guy, got killed in the gubernatorial election. What happened? I thought you said you were going to go down to Houston. You were going to go knocking doors. You were $5,000, a swagger man, customized suit. Those Texans would have pulled out their guns, said, who the hell is this guy from New York? What a bunch of bullfeathers. But that was then. And then recently, uh, country Uncle Joe Biden, 
who has not been to the border. Neither has his Tsarina that he put in charge, Giggles Harris. <laughs> My orcas, right? Head of the Department of Homeland Security has said, oh, no, everything's safe and secure at the border. But Joe Biden was uh, 186 miles from the border in Arizona between Mexico. And he was asked by Peter Ducey, Fox News Channel, are you going to do the hop, skip, and a jump and go down to the border, Mr. President? This is the border. Because there's a more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. Uh, There's a more important thing going on. Because they were putting up some kind of a chip factory uh, outside of Phoenix. Now, uh, Macedonian Phil, was that Lay's potato chip? Was that Wise potato chip? What kind of a chip factory were they putting up? How the hell could you say that was more important than going down to the border and see for yourself? The Michigash, the craziness, the unprecedented numbers that are assembling there, knowing that Title 42 will fold like a cheap camera on Wednesday, and then they're just going to bum rush across the border. Finally, the El Paso mayor, they must have put guns to his head, because you see, he's a mayor who cuts ribbons. See, we, we, we think immediately, oh, you mean like a mayor in New York City, like Eric Adams, or like uh, Raj Baraka in Newark? No, no. There are some cities where the mayor is only a ribbon cutter. The city manager is the shot caller. That is a person who was hired by city council to actually run the city. All the mayor does is cut ribbons. It's like in Cincinnati. You remember the story of Jerry Springham? He was the mayor there when I organized Guardian Angels on over the Rhine and Vine Street. He shook my hand, and that's all he could do because he was on his way to Covington, uh, uh, Covington, Kentucky, across the river uh, to the whorehouse. And remember, he got busted because he bounced checks there, and it was on the front page of the Cincinnati Inquirer. And I said, well, I guess there goes our effort here. We had the blessing of the mayor. They said, the mayor means nothing. He's a ribbon cutter. It's the city manager that calls the shots, and that's the way it is in El Paso. The city manager said, Mr. Mayor, you are going to declare a state of emergency because why, Lou? They're coming out of the sewer covers. They're coming up over from Juarez through the sewer tunnels, and they're lifting the lids and coming out as if this is apocalypse now. By calling a state of emergency, it gives us the ability today to be able to do things we couldn't do until we called it, and that's our shelters, and put people in shelters and make sure that they're safe. The influx on Wednesday will be incredible. It will be huge. Uh, talking to um, some of our federal partners, they really believe that on Wednesday our numbers go, will go from 2,500 to four, five, or maybe 6,000. Easily, easily. And guess where a lot of them are coming? To the city of his very dear friend, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Who all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's pleading poverty. All of a sudden, all the times he was with uh, Papa Chulo, Joe Biden, who was saying, Andale, Andale, who's your daddy? All the time he was with Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, promoting her to be governor over Lee Zeldin. He was just at a summit, a breakfast with all the economic leaders, with Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. You'd think he could have said to her right there, Hey, it's time. you got to come up with some shamolis. We're getting overwhelmed. This is going to cost us a billion dollars more. Our city taxpayers cannot afford this. Finally, he speaks. We have not gotten a dime from anyone. That has to stop. We need help. This is an obligation on a national level, and it's an obligation on the state level. By the way, when Rob Astorino, running for governor, pointed this out at Westchester County Airport, uh, where was Eric Adams? He certainly didn't chime in. 
because if you followed the buses, the buses would line up at 3 in the morning, and the buses would then go down. Oh, yeah, this, actually, the hutch. Well, go down the hutch. Now, buses are not supposed to go down the hutch, right, Lou? They'd go down the hutch. They'd have an escort, uh, bells and whistles, and you know where those buses ended up going? Elmhurst, Jackson Heights, Corona, 111th, 103rd, 74th and Broadway, and all of a sudden, these illegals would depart, and they'd end up settling here in New York City. But, oh, you know, Eric Adams at that time, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. You know, like the three blind mice, the three blind uh, whatever. Uh, He's such a fake, phony, fraudulent fugazi. He knew this. And then remember his master plan? Oh, yeah, you you remember this, Macedonian Phil. We're going to put a tent in in the parking lot at Orchard Beach. Even AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who wants to be like the Statue of Liberty and embrace them all, said, hey, hey, schmuck putz, if there's a little spritz, uh, you're not going to be able to run that tent. Oh, then all of a sudden he recognized that. So he moved the tent to Randall's Island, and Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb sent the National Guard because 350 feet away was a normal homeless shelter. Some of the guys in there are veterans, and they're saying, wait a second, you mean to tell me, Eric Adams, you're going to give 72-inch big-screen plasma TVs in the recreational room? They're going to have all kinds of video games. They're going to have laundry that's folded and delivered back to them three squares a day, and they'll be able to come and go as they please? Really? And then he had to fold that because, again, too much rain. So, Eric Adams, you've given us a circle jerk. There's no other way of describing it. And now you're a dollar short and a day late screaming that you want money from uh, Papa Chulo Joe Biden. Uh, from who's your daddy, Joe Biden, who encouraged them all to come in here illegally. And so now, who's he screaming out to? Hey, Chuck Schumer. Hey, oh, my homeboy, the future speaker of the House, Jeffries. You got to give us some money. We're stuck with this mess. We'll continue to be stuck with this mess. And now we have two people to blame for this locally. You don't have to go anywhere else. Cardinal Dolan of the Archdiocese, they're rolling in dough with Catholic charities because the federal government is subsidizing every illegal alien that they're flying into New York City, that is pounding the hound, that is coming in on Amtrak. Time and time again, you speak to the illegal aliens. They're all coming now from socialist, communist countries. They're coming from Venezuela, Maduro. They're coming from behind the sugarcane curtain of Fidel and Raul Castro Cubans. And they're coming in now from Nicaragua. Uh, the former hero of uh, Bill de Blasio, right? The dictator for life, Daniel Ortega and his wife. He happens to be a pedophile on a pedestal. And what is Eric Adams? I, I, uh, he's number him and Cardinal Dolan. If you want to blame any two people for them coming in here, look at Chicago, Beetlejuice. That mayor says, no, you're going to the suburbs. We're not housing you here in Chicago. Imagine the mayor, Lightfoot, lightweight, does it better than Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Yeah. Uh. I'm a big
Look at all these, uh, those few people that are in the city. 50% of these office buildings are vacant Monday through Friday. But some of them, you walk the streets, they're vaping away, man. I mean, they got blunts, they got splits, they got big fatties. It's uh, one big purple haze out in the streets. And because New York does not do it better than Jersey. Jersey is always ahead of us. But we're too pretentious. We're too omnipotent. But we're not going to do it like Jersey. Better on no cash bail, which they have. And they're better on the legalization of the recreational use of marijuana. But do you think we would do a carbon copy of what they do? No. Here's Eric Adams. Uh, remember. Uh, he's been making fun about Puff Puff Pass for quite some time, and now all of a sudden he's got to get serious because he's going to be running out of money coming into 2023, and uh, Lou, in order to make up the differential for all the tax dollars we're not going to have in the coffers, he's planning on turning our city into Viceland. First with the uh, sale of legal weed, and then with the licensing of casinos. It's going to be Viceland. But as he looks out on the terrain, he says, oh, my God, the black market has consumed the city while we've been fuddling around and trying to say that the only people who can get a license to sell weed legally for recreational use have to be people who are busted for bringing in weight bales, not nickels, dimes and bags. No, 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 no. Hey, they got to bring weight. They haven't yet opened up one storefront. New Jersey, uh, 28. And growing, and they're doing it the right way. They're leaving it to corporate entities that know how to get this uh, operation up and running. And now they're starting to give it to mom and pop dealers. But not here in New York. We're going to open up the first one across from the Apollo Theater, which is an absolute disaster. But on Friday, make that Thursday, Lou, the mayor was trying to be serious about this pot issue, you know, the uh, the black market. He's trying to be serious. He had his army of aides behind him like he does every time he has a press conference. I don't know what they do to get paid other than stand there six times a day as backdrop for the mayor's press conferences. But here he goes. He's trying to really be serious about cracking down on all the illegal weed. We have watched how other municipalities have gotten it wrong. We've watched. We've learned uh, we want to make sure we get it right. And it's under threat. It's under threat from the unlicensed establishments that are selling illegal and counterfeit products. Eric, all you have to do is look at the New Jersey model. They do it better, just like with no cash bail. But no, no, you don't want to do it the Jersey way. Okay, continue. Let's see how serious you are. Uh, you know, you tell me, can you tell the difference between what's legal and what's illegal? It is extremely difficult uh, to do it. Uh, you know, Bernadette may know the difference because she probably used both, you know, so. <laughs> Here it is. He's acting like a goofball, right? He's got that. that he's got to start like, like a kid who just smoked his first joint, right, in high school. You know, like, <laughs> oh, my God. And he, it only gets worse. Listen to this. You Can somebody tell the mayor that Caroline's is closing? There's no open mics anymore other than his six press conferences a day in which he says absolutely nothing. The cannabis industry is is, is a budding uh, economy. I just realized that, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in here. <laughs> it's a budding economy. <laughs> and, and we want to make sure that we get it right so that we can say in the city of New York that we are the joint. <laughs> 
Now, how can you take anything this guy says seriously about weed? He's like one big goofball jokester. By the way, if you notice, uh, Mastoni and Phil are crackerjack news team here, led by Noam Layden and, of course, Frankie Diaz. They decided to leave all of this on the cutting room floor. How is it that me and my wife, Nancy, we find all this? It's on his Twitter feed. He posts this. He's proud of it. But they got to run the standard line. Now he's going to get tough. Listen, listen how he's going to get tough. And this team behind us, uh, just an impressive group of people, those who have been part of the space from Erica Ford, uh, from Life Camp, uh, to uh, folks who are part of our hip-hop industry. Oh, that's all you have to say. The hip-hop industry is going to be controlling the legal weed trafficking, right? The hip-hop industry that promotes the use of all kinds of marijuana uh, products. What are we we going to do? Uh, We're going to bring in Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, you know, as they're uh, doing uh, hydraulics in the uh, Chevy Impala there in Long Beach. How ridiculous. So this goes from the sublime to the ridiculous. But let's see how serious the man is going to be about all these pop-up illegal weed shops, the, the weed wagons, and guys selling nickel and dime bags out there like they just don't care. Our goal is not to incarcerate. It is to confiscate and educate that this is not how it is going to happen in New, in New York. So he's got to be like the hip-hop man. He's got to do rhymes. Can I hear that one more time? Uh, he's got to do rhymes that once again takes away from the seriousness of this issue because we're not going to be getting any tax dollars. Our goal is not to incarcerate. It is to confiscate and educate that this is not how it is going to happen in New, in New York. Let's give him one more try in terms of his degree of seriousness, because so far he's a goofball and a jokester, and I don't see anything serious in his so-called plan to replace illegal sales of marijuana with legal sales, which means tax dollars. No, it, it didn't take long. First, first, let's look at what happened. The law was passed. Our headlines say uh, selling weed is now legal. That's what people took. People didn't go into the story and say it's legal if you get the license. All they knew is, okay, you know what? Weed is now legal. And so now we have to go back and make sure we communicate with people and say, yes, it's legal, but there's a process. Hmm. Could it have been that the day after you got elected, when you beat me, you appeared with Stephen Colbert on the stage of the uh, uh, Ed Sullivan Theater and you gave him a dime bag of weed as a gift? Could, 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 could it be that? I mean, could it be? I mean, how is anybody going to take you seriously when it comes to closing out illegal weed joints and replacing them with legal weed joints? First off, if you're an illegal weed dealer, you give credit, something that they can't keep do in a licensed store. Number two, you get to sample it. You get to do pump-up pass right there, and they don't charge you any taxes. It's a hell of a lot cheaper, right? So, Lou, let's sum it up. What is this all about? Ultimately, when it is said and done, the mayor has his phrase, it's all about the money. It's all about the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. Now, a guy who's known to at times be consumed in a purple haze, Robert De Niro, Great actor, no doubt, but let's face it, at times he looks like he's in a drug-induced psychosis. Apparently, uh, 
Macedonian Phil, he has become a victim of crime on the Upper East Side. Upper East Side, that's right. In fact, there is a predicate offender who was caught, Shanice Aviles, in his townhouse about 2.30 in the morning by coppers from the 19th Precinct, except they've caught her like 26 times before doing home invasions on the Upper East Side. She was sitting right underneath Robert De Niro's tree, stealing his Christmas presents. Now, do we think that Robert De Niro is all upset, Lou, or who is he going to blame this on? Who does Robert De Niro always blame everything on? I mean, he's so blatantly stupid. He's a punk. He's a dog. He's a pig. He's a con, a bullshit artist, a mutt who doesn't know what he's talking about, doesn't do his homework, doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, who's he talking about again? Trump. Now, do you think he'll use the same words to describe this predicate offender, Shanice Aviles? 26 times she's done home invasions on the Upper East Side, been caught every time, and turned loose by Alvin Bragg, friend of the criminal. Hey, Robert De Niro, how about some of that rage? Remember him in Mean Streets initially? Remember when he had the, the rage when he was... Jake LaMotta, Raging Bull. Where's some of that rage towards Alvin Bragg? So far, no comments. Let me warn all of you, no matter where you are in the tri-state area and beyond, this is the season of the Porch Pirates, the package thefts. And there are statistics out there, even before the uh, shopping holiday, where so many of you do it through e-commerce and you have it delivered uh, to your apartment building, the foyer, delivered to your place of business, delivered to your home, delivered uh, any, anywhere in the world. Uh, sometimes if you're Amazon Prime, they guarantee it to you in 24 hours. Well, guess what? There's going to be a lot of e-commerce, and the porch pirates are at it. They're already following the trucks of United States Postal Service, UPS, Fed Express, and the Amazon trucks itself. Are you aware, uh, Lou? That just last year, 260 million packages were stolen. 260 million packages were stolen. You know how much that uh, assessed value was? $19 billion. $19 billion. The highest number of thefts in Alaska. 29% of the packages delivered were stolen. The lowest main, 12%. New York is number four. They're out there constantly following these trucks. One quarter of everybody who's on e-commerce has had their packages stolen. 60% of people know someone who had a package stolen during the holiday season. There is a way to eliminate this, but unfortunately, the e-commerce companies led by Amazon won't do it. Put a few shotgun squads out there with the NYPD where the predicate offenders keep coming. And let them cock that shotgun when they come into the apartment building for you or on your porch, the porch pirates, to steal your packages. And I guarantee you, uh, a lot of that will stop. Now, the e-commerce companies don't want to report it. They just give you the items again. That's Amazon, right? That's Target. That's Walmart. That's all the biggies. Uh, The police won't do anything about it. They don't even want you to report it. To their local Leave It to Beaver, Father Knows Nest, uh, Little House in the Prairie uh, police stations because they don't want to be perceived of as having a crime wave. But I'm telling all of you, they're coming into neighborhoods, these porch pirates. They're looking at your houses when they snatch their package, your packages off the porch and they're going back from wherever they come and they're telling everybody, 
man, we found nirvana. We can do home invasions there. We don't have to snatch pockets anymore. One of these houses, we do a home invasion, and we're set. And we could go out and live with that crook, uh, that FTX crook in the Bahamas. Look, zero tolerance is the only way to stop this. The police are letting it happen. The companies are letting it happen. The customers don't care because the package is replaced with the same items. If we don't stop it here, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Check this out. It's the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Out there and, uh, spectacular. Now here's the. So, uh, wrote, a, wrote a song for all those what special Jewish kids who don't what get what happened? This is. Here we go. Stop, stop, stop with Adam Sandler here. Man, we, we got to do this right. We got a special opening for the Sid Rap. I know you guys don't want me on the program in the mornings twice a week, Mondays and Fridays at 7.10. But my job now is to do the rap for the Sid program. Not you, Macedonian Phil. Not you, Lou, because you'll be kissing both his cheeks. And I'm not talking the cheeks on his head. His talkers. Can we try that, uh, the Sid uh, open air and the rap? Uh, Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid wrap-up. That's it. We don't need all that other stuff. You tell tell that Chris Libertini. Get rid of all that. All it does is delay. We're getting right into the Sid wrap. God. Man, you know, sometimes I want to take that Chris Libertini and just hit him so hard, he floats across the Hudson River to New Jersey, which he doesn't even give fair fair play to. Anyway, we'll talk about that another day. So now, uh, can we come in with Adam Sandler? This is how the program started this morning. 6.05, right? I'm here. I'm waiting. You know, pacing. I'm ready to go on 7.05. I know Lou doesn't want me in there. I know that Macedonian Phil doesn't. Not too many Hanukkah songs. Sidney Rosenberg is like having his doubts because he knows I'm not a friend. It's not Sid and friends. When I'm on, it's Sid, friends, fiend, and foe because that's what I am, a fiend and a foe. So he starts with Adam Sandler, the Hanukkah song. Hey, do me a favor, Sandler. Save it for the shower stalls because as a singer, you suck. That's number one. Number two, he knew that this would bother me because I've contributed two to his tribe. That's right. My two youngest sons, Carter and Hunter, are raised Jewish. And they shake me down every time during Hanukkah and Christmas. He knew this would bother me to no end. Daddy, Daddy, you know, you have to give us one present each for all eight days of Hanukkah. And even though I didn't do well in math, there's no doubt about it. You know, eight times two is 16. Okay, 16 separate presents. And let's not forget Christmas. Let's not forget Christmas. Hey, when the rabbi comes over to your house, right, do you hide the Christmas tree? What the hell is this? What a shakedown. So he, he knew that would bother me. And then who does he have on? Uh, Joe Tapioca Head, you know, one of these rich kids who went to poly prep day school, you know, just like his friend Arthur Idala, because they went there knowing that they had clientele in the neighborhood surrounding poly prep. They had Bay Ridge, Diker Heights, Bensonhurst, 
who needed them, you know, mob lawyers, right? So here's Takapina and here's Sid Rosenberg. It's like a love fest. He's also very handsome and built like a model. Here he is, my friend, for 42 years, the esteemed Joseph Anthony Takapina. What did I tell everybody? First of all, never trust anybody with three names, right? Joseph A. Takapina, Stephen A. Smith, you can't trust them. By the way, what, were they kissing one another? You know, old boys school, right? Holly Prep Day School. What was the name of that football coach that used to make you bend over and touch your toes there? He, like, he like raped 168 of his football players. Foglia, the worst pedophile in the world other than Father Ritter of Covenant House. And boy, you know, his family did a good thing. I think his dad and mother recognized, we got to get him out of there, the house of pedophilia, right? We got, and away from these uh, rich Italian kids, right? Let's send them to Salmon Schechter. Ocean Parkway did a good thing. But then he's talking with uh, Tacopina as if he's Berlusconi, like he owns the top Italian soccer team in the world. So you're a soccer enthusiast. Again, you own a team that's won championships, and you do love the sport. First off, it literally hasn't been in a uh, World Cup since, what, 2010? (laughs) Right? Do they still play soccer over there? My son, Hunter, who's on a losing soccer team in four sales, right? Uh, they didn't win one game. Could probably play goalie for Tacopino's team there in Italy. And by the way, did you see what his hero, Berlusconi, did to try to motivate his soccer players on that Division A team that he owns? He said, if you guys go out there on the pitch and win today, I'm bringing in a busload of prostitutes and whores. Is that how T- Tacopino motivates his play? No, of course not. It's all a pretense. He's a spaghetti bender, man. When I eat... Anyway, that really got me upset. By the way, Hanukkah, did he interview any Jews today? Hey, Macedonian Phil, all Italians, because it's what he wanted to be. Never wanted to be Jewish. Oh, I'm going up in the bucket tomorrow night uh, with John and the Chabad. Yeah, I'm I'm lighting the menorah. Remember that, Sid. Remember that. All right, I, I digress. So then he has on Joe Borelli. You know, the minority leader of the Republicans in the city council, South Shore, Staten Island. And they're talking about that crook, Eric Ulrich, who, like, uh, uh, was a degenerate gambler who owes so much money to the banana crime family. Listen, listen to uh, Sid. He actually paid attention to what I told him to do. Now, listen, I love Eric. I'm actually a friend of Eric's. I, I hope he's doing okay. I haven't checked in with him because the guy had his phone. See? Said, listen, Macedonian Phil, remember I told him, don't have any conversation with Eric Ulrich. He's a confidential informer for Alvin Bragg, right, who wants to bag Republicans. Don't have any conversation with him. Remember, they took his phone. It wasn't the FBI, Said, It was Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DEA. They got that guy's gonads wired up. He's a confidential informer. Stay away from him. But what did Joe Borelli do? Because he had Joe Borelli, right? Like he's street smart. What? He went to St. Joseph by the sea. He didn't go to New Drop High School. He's got no street smarts. Listen to him. Mark my words, and I'll call it here. I I think when and if he's eventually charged with something, I think it's going to be a big collective, wait, that's it? Right. From the the sort of body politic. Let me tell you something, Joe. I'm going to do you a favor now. I've been down this road many times. If nothing happens to Eric Ulrich, it's because he did his job as a confidential informer. He gave up the whales. Remember, he owes so much money 
to the Banano crime family as a degenerate gambler. You know that, Joe. Everybody in Howard Beach knows that, right? All the Republicans know that, Joe. Don't get caught in a walk and talk. Uh, Macedonian Phil, could you please uh, don't do a walk and talk with Eric Ulrich? Because the Manhattan DA will be taking pictures. Click, click, click. And then he said this. He said this. I can't believe this. He was doing a bang-up job in the Department of Buildings, an, an agency sh- like strife with just bureaucratic waste uh, and, and, and time and, and, and red tape, etc. He was doing a great job. Yeah, he's doing a great job, right? He's, uh, he's buildings commissioner. The Bonanno guy's coming in in construction saying, hey, you owe us a big. In fact, they went to Aldo's for Eric Ulrich when he became the buildings commissioner, and they were singing, Lou, he's a jolly good fella. That owes us a fig that won't go away. Remember that, Eric Ulrich. You got to give us the easy pass. You owe us everything. Borelli, are you still not, or are you just not street smart, huh? Eh, probably the latter. Probably the latter. Hey, let me, let me smarten you up, huh? I'll give you some street smart lessons at no cost, Borelli.